he's, he, he's a drug dealer, Rob. Okay? I sell he hardcore just... drugs and I don't pay the rent. You sell not... prescription drugs. <laughs> it's not something we're proud of. It's not something we want to talk about. That's why we don't introduce him to our families. Rob keeps telling me that his friends like things. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm looking up this image about I sell hardcore drugs. Um, Wasn't that from Last of Us? Yes. Drugs. <laughs> I sell hardcore drugs. And then she died. Yeah, it's real sad. Whatever That's what you get is. for being joking about drugs. Is this a meme I'm not aware of? From the last of us. Actual Rose. dialogue in the video game. Please click the picture. Oh, uh, yes. The What was her name? The, Sarah? His daughter? Is that it? Sarah? Yeah. I guess so. With an H. It's not the one I gotta... I gotta play, play the remaster one day. Look, it's I, old Nathan. I did I did uh, end up re-getting it, Rob. I thought you already did have it. I had it on disc, but I sold it for drugs. Hardcore drugs? No, softcore. No penetration on these drugs. forgotten how we start these this is the internet's worst gaming podcast after an entire calendar year january 2017 was our last official recording feels like longer and uh i did a solo thing in may or march of last year about how much i hated horizon zero dawn story and some other shit but it's been that long so i thought it, if you it forgot well done if you've forgotten if you've forgotten not forgotten how to interrupt me I am Loki Jarson, and that other guy over there is internet legend Joe Stizzy. Hey, Stizzy. Hey, Loki. I mean, it's it's been so long. I and we usually do start these by re- introducing ourselves, but I feel like that's I doubly wanted necessary. to introduce to the show first. Yeah. Yeah. What what do we call ourselves? I, I almost forgot. I believe it was the worst thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or not just internet's worst, or is that? It was just the worst thing because it was a broader scope. Anyways, enough pontificating. That's a full minute of shit already. That's a full minute of unusable bad audio. Let's get right to it, Sizzy, all right? Give me your top ten games of 2017. You didn't You didn't tell me we were going to do that. Um... Oh, my God. Can you fucking roll with it? Okay, fine. I'll just give you my top five real quick. Here we go. Ready? Uh, Prey, uh, Persona 5, Assassin's Creed Origins, Mass Effect Andromeda and Danganronpa V3. There you go. Let's see. Yeah, Persona 5. Um, Danganronpa V3. Um, what else? Played so many games, I can't remember any of them. It's just sad. <laughs> it's only been a, a year. 
uh, Injustice 2. Yes, yes. How could I forget Injustice 2? Um, even though I didn't beat it, probably Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, you Okay, I'm not going to allow you to do that because you uh, didn't just stop playing that. You refused to continue playing that. There's a difference. Yeah, well, I. that's true. That's true. But I also did not make a solo show uh, disparaging the, the story of said game, so... I don't think you're in any position to refute me that. At least I beat it, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, how'd that go? Anywho, we'll get into that now. Rob's, Rob platinumed it, that weirdo. Yeah, he loves, he loves to get the trophies. Even though it wasn't a 2017 game, or games, uh, the first two Danganronpa games, uh, I played for the first Oh, time. that was the first time you'd played them last yeah, year, yeah? Yeah, um, and I'm actually starting to replay them again. Um... I, you've previous, you said earlier, well, I, don't, I may cut that out. You've said previously that you didn't like the ending of Danganronpa V3. And I want to challenge you on that because I also replayed 1 and 2. Well, mostly 2. And 2's ending is so out of fucking left field. I don't understand how you could hate something like V3. That isn't all that much more meta. I don't know if I hated it, per se, but it was... I know, I guess it was just the openness and the ambiguity of it that you know kind of left me scratching my head uh, you know what I mean it's it, it, it just I it just it left a little too much up to interpretation the game the game did make you question whether or not anything in the game had actually existed yes yes which in fairness thing and Rampa 2 did that as well but at the end in the end you you know spoilers you learn it's uh simulation uh it's the it's the matrix yes yeah but that doesn't mean it didn't it wasn't real although those things didn't happen it just well you can't say the same thing about three people actually died whether or not they were willing participants that's that's true it was they were very real events but you know it makes you it makes you question like okay were the first two real or were those just like tv shows (laughs) um i think my own personal canon or ver- theory I came up with was that the first two actually happened and then le- years later someone said hey you know what would be fun um, let's make a killing game show based off those two really really tragic awful events and then it just got carried away and then 53 seasons later you know it's a, it's an actual killing game <laughs> so but it was I mean for a Danganronpa game, it was excellent, I will say. Well, I loved it. Uh, just to move real brief, I don't want to spend too much time on last year's stuff. Uh, the other big game that we played, Persona 5, I honestly didn't like it as much as 4. I, there's little fiddly bits here and there of why, you know, like some characters versus some others, and the music versus the music in 4, and there's more content for 4, you know, 5 hasn't even come out with the full anime dub yet, so maybe in another year's time I'll look more fondly back on Persona 5, but I I just liked 4 more. Yeah, um, I never played 4. I would like to one day if they came out with a PS4 version. Uh, I did watch the I did watch the anime dub of Persona 4, and I liked it a lot. It, but I think I've... The story, while not as in big a scope, uh, I thought was 
done better, and I like the main cast of four better than I did five, even though fives is really strong as it is. Um, five had, I think, better side characters, uh, the other social links. Your, your non-party members, yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I think they were more interesting and more varied in five than four. Uh, although, again, I haven't played four, so I don't, I don't even know everyone that's a... No. As someone who's done three playthroughs of four, let me tell you, the side people who are not part of your party don't matter whatsoever. True, and it's kind of the case in five, too, but at least you kind of see uh, some of them around, like the that uh, schoolmate of yours, Mishima, I think his name was. Uh, you know, just the really <laughs> pathetic-looking dude. Oh, yeah, Moon. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's how you remember them, by their arcanos? <laughs> Yes, actually, <laughs> it is easier. I just I I remember I can't remember the politician's name, but I just know he was son. Son, um, yeah, son. I'm not gonna try and remember them all, but anywho, yeah. Um, and the Persona Five story was, like I said, bigger in scope. Um, even though, and it had a mystery behind it, like four, but it was a lot easier to figure out who was behind everything in five than it was in four. Well, because because four again, we're going way too deep a dive in this shit. We should do a separate show. Um, Four didn't reveal the other side, the villain's plot, until the end. Five kind of gave you the villain's story as it went along. You know, there were constant cutscenes to the big bad guy, the final boss, and what his organization and other shit was doing. So you got two sides of the story, as opposed to four where you get one side. Yeah, I think I read a really good description. Uh, Four is uh, more of a whodunit, and five is more of a how they done it. Which I thought was a pretty good, pretty good description of the two games. Because you have five, you, you, you learn pretty on it's Shino, the corrupt politician, blah, blah, blah. And you find out like like 40 hours ahead of the characters that he that <laughs> yeah. he's the one that, that's behind everything. And he's also the one that the main character ran into and uh, got arrested and put on probation and, you know, started on the, you know... <laughs> Started the hero. His in life his, of crime. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Started the hero on this whole path that he got. Beginning game, anyways. So yeah, both. Yeah, well, five's excellent game that I played, and four I really like the story. I'd like to play one day. Well, we'll see. Uh, anyways, that was last year. Let's finally get to 2018. Let's do it. Um, I just want to come out and say right now, I don't like Fortnite. I realize it is currently, as of this recording, literally the most popular thing on maybe the entire planet, perhaps universe, perhaps galaxy. At least the at least the known universe. But I think a large driving force, if you don't know what Fortnite is, I don't know why you're even listening to this, honestly. It's the free-to-play uh, Minecraft third-person shooter game that made by Epic Games, and it's been out for like two years. But only recently, to copy another game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which everyone just calls PUBG, which is kind of stupid. You should call the game Battlegrounds because it's called Battlegrounds. Player Unknown is the is the developer. We never call a game by developer than uh, title. It's dumb. Anyways, to copy that game, they created in their third person builder shooter game uh, a battle. What's called a battle royale mode, where when they say one versus a hundred, it's really one versus ninety nine. You have a max. Uh, I don't want to say party max free-for-all of 100 participants and the winner has to outlast, kill, or just survive all the way to the end to be 
you know, there can be only one style Highlander stuff. And in the year or so it's been out, it's exploded, become amazingly popular, made Epic Games a shitload of money. So much so that they're closing down other games and, you know, shelving other projects to focus exclusively on this free-to-play game. And when I say free-to-play, I mean, of course, you can still buy things in it. Yeah, and they're making a boatload of money, like you said. I think I read a figure the other day. They made approximately $223 million in the month of March alone. And it's, I mean, it's absurd how popular this thing is. This is all cosmetics and battle packs, whatever those are. I guess more cosmetics. They have added a ton of stuff into it since the few paltry games that I played a, a couple months ago. Even since then, there's been like four or five updates. As far as I'm aware, Rob, Robert, our other podcast co-host, whenever he's around, uh, enjoys the game enough to continue playing it, but he also still plays Battlefield 1, so I don't know what he likes. He's not here. Sizzy, do you like Fortnite as a game to play? That's just bare bones, real simple. Uh, By myself? No. With other people? Yes. It can be very enjoyable. Um, But it, it is, but that is the team mode. Yes. Yeah, that's the du- the duos and the squad modes. The stuff that's real popular from Ninja or whoever the hell that is, because I don't watch Twitch streams, from Twitch is the the solo modes, the 1 versus 99, the battle royale of the title. True. Yeah, that's what the I mean, that's what the whole battle royale premise is based around is you against 99 other people even though most of the time it's 95 or 96 and from the games I've been in, it's like 70. <laughs> I don't think I ever played a full game. I played, in all honesty, about 10 total games. Well, it gets... I mean, it'll, like... I mean, if you wait a while to jump out of the bus, it can drop, like, 20 or 30 people before you can land. Um, Yeah, it's just... I I guess if I was better at uh, shooting games, but (laughs) the thing is, like, Rob and Nick are so much... Your brother Nick are so much better than me uh, at shooting games, but they're also kind of bad at Fortnite. Um, now it might just be they're more used to first-person shooters, or they're not used. They're not used to the the building aspect is a big seller in the game in terms of you can gather materials and build, you know, walls and uh, ramps and little windows for you to shoot through. You build your own cover in that game, basically. Yeah, and it 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 definitely adds a a pretty unique mechanic, um, at least as far as the shooter genres go. By building, yeah, like you said, building your own cover or stairs or fort or, you know, whatever you can imagine. Um, so, yeah, it's it's unique in that way. And I think that's, like, if it was just Battle Royale and it's just you picking up guns and shooting other people, yeah, it'd be popular, but it wouldn't be as popular, I I think. And it's definitely, it's it, it, it kind of... It, it's bringing a lot of different groups together. It's bringing the Call of Duty, Battlefield crowd, uh, the Minecraft crowd, and some people that uh, were playing like were playing Battlegrounds. But I mean, that game is was just it just and still is a technical nightmare. It's very ugly as well. Fortnite is very popular with kids because it's got a lot of cartoony looking characters. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're blowing someone's face off with a shotgun. Um, no, because it's very cartoony and there's no gore or anything. Um, plus, yeah, like it has a lot of wacky cosmetics. Like you can you can change your parachute into a miniature space shuttle, and um, you know, 
put wings on your character or something like that. It's just all these things that, even though it's a free-to-play game, it's just, it's making so much money. And, like, all these people are, you know, all these kids are getting their parents' credit cards and spending <laughs> spending hundreds of dollars on cosmetics. And their parent. and what's really, what's really fascinating is a lot of these people, you know, uh, probably wouldn't spend that much on a game for just cosmetics if they had paid a price for the game itself. Right. This, this is the free-to-play model that, you know, a little fo- apps on your phones have been working for years. Yeah, so, like, if a kid asks his mom or dad, hey, can I have $10, $20 to spend on this game? They're like, well, no, I'm not giving you that money. You, you know, you already spent money on that game. I'm like, no, no, it's a free-to-play game. And they think, oh, well, in that case, I guess it's okay. And then just spread over time, before they know it, they're spending... Two hundred, three hundred dollars on this on this one game. So, which which brings me to the central conceit of really this episode of this podcast. Uh, I will fully acknowledge here, and I have it recording, so you know this is saved for posterity. I am a contrarian. Uh, sometimes no. I do enjoy, I do enjoy taking the opposite viewpoint of the popular viewpoint, just for the sake of taking it. But sometimes I do actually believe in the opposite viewpoint. I try my hardest in almost all situations to see both sides of an argument. But when one side is so clearly heavily winning, when one opinion, when one idea is pushing so heavily against uh, the other side, I feel the need to kind of double down on my defending of the other side, regardless of whether or not I believe in it. I don't like Fortnite. I try real hard to understand the appeal, and I kind of get it a little bit. And maybe if I were better at shooters, I'd, feel, I'd like it more. Maybe if I like Minecraft, I'd like it more. Maybe if I had ever played, ever gave a shit about Battlegrounds, I'd like it more. But this the surge of popularity leaves me, makes me want to take even further steps back in terms of I don't really want any part of this thing, and I don't have a real great explanation for that, honestly. Unlike the game we're going to talk about next in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's fine to uh, not like a game just because of the graphics or aesthetics or. And I said I have played about ten full games of it. Yeah, I mean, you don't. You only need a couple games to really, you know, see everything there is to Fortnite. Um, yeah. And it's perfectly okay to not like a game. You know, just from a gameplay standpoint or shooters. And it's also, it's also okay to question a game's popularity when it's a game like this, when it's just so popular. I mean, it's just, you you hear about it everywhere. This isn't call of duty. This isn't Madden. You know? Yeah. It's, I, I mean, it might be bigger than that just from a, you know, maybe 15 minutes in spotlight sort of way. But, um, I still think the college, you know, the, Call of Duty player base it's still larger because they've had years to build on that. Um, same with Madden. So what we're saying is Fortnite 2 is going to be the real game seller. <laughs> yeah, if there ever is one. I mean, I don't see why they would need to well, bother one. Just keep adding new weapons and cosmetics. and. What's well, the Overwatch thing, right? They never need to do anything to Overwatch but add more and more characters. Right, exactly. Um, and I think if you... I think people... I think people are a lot more accepting of microtransactions if they're done purely for cosmetics 
and not and don't give you an actual gameplay advantage like Battlefield Battlefront 2 did. Um, and yeah, the loot boxes controversy was another thing that blew up big this year. Uh, I'm ambivalent about the whole thing, and it's like you don't have to pay for it if you don't want to. And there was that stuff in Sh- uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War. It was like, oh no, you have to buy these high level boxes if you're expected to beat the final area. And then Shadow of War recently said, like a couple months ago, I was like, ah, we're going to take those out. Don't worry about it. So, you know, the pushback worked in that case, I guess. Everybody didn't want loot boxes, and loot boxes are being rolled back. Everybody wants Battle Royale, so more games are going to add 1 versus 99 or 1 versus 49 modes in their games in the future. I, I never planned on buying Battlefront 2 even before this, you know, the loot box controversy came to light. I have played it, and it is fun and great, and I've never bought a box. Yeah, I bought the beta, but I felt I was like, "Oh, this is like Battlefront One, okay, that's, pretty much." You know, that, that's <laughs> great. What's 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 the next game? Um, and I, you know, I don't mind, I don't mind loot boxes being in multiplayer games because if if they are cosmetics, like I said, uh, I think people are a lot more accepting in that, and I'm okay with that. Like you said, you can choose to buy them or not to buy them. It's totally up to you. Um. But the way, way EA did it, it was just it was so blatant, and it's like it's like they were trying to pull a fast one on the consumer base. Like, oh, they're not you know, people are so understanding and so accepting of these loot boxes. I mean, it's fine. We can just like slip these in here. You know, they can, they have these cards that level up your characters, and it's the only, you know you gotta either gotta you know pay to buy a bunch of loot boxes or play like hundreds of hours to get these heroes and of course people had a problem with that and blew up in ea's face and it, it is it is a similar thing to the rich get richer and the poor get poor if you are already good you're going to level up faster you're going to get more chances to get these boxes if you're no good like me you know there's less chances for you to get something good and level up the character or if you have a lot of money to spare you can just buy your your pay to win so this has been a problem for years and you know it's, this isn't going to stop it Games have been services for years now. EA and any other company is going to find a way to milk every dollar they can, you know, regardless of how upset you are. It's like, oh, is this gambling? Because I'm paying money to get something back. It's like, get over it, people. Get over it, Belgium. Like, Overwatch's case, I do think that's a form of gambling because even if you pay money and you want a certain item from the cosmetics, it's not guaranteed you get them out of the loot boxes you purchase. Um, Yes, it is. But it's not guaranteed it's the ones you want. We've had this argument off air before, and I don't want to bring it here. Let's just say we disagree on this. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if you just listened to what I just said or anything. Um, nope, totally ignoring you. I, I'm watching my little bar graph to make sure I'm not too loud, and that's all I care about. Hey, press the square. Uh, we'll see you next year, <laughs> folks. Let's let's not wrap this up so we can move on to God of War. Wrap it up. I'll give you the final word. Anyway, anyway uh, if you want like Fortnite, play it. If you don't, don't. <laughs> That's too simplistic of you. You said wrap it, it up. I'm wrapping it up. Well, not, you know, wind your way down, not sudden stop. Hit the brakes. So, God of War, what do you think? Yeah, it's fine. You like it? Play it. If you don't, don't play it. <laughs> See you next year. You will never work at IGN with reviews like this. I don't know. You Have you read some of their reviews? You can maybe work at Polygon if you write a long think piece about some bullshit. Write about how God of War is like being a dad, but in real life. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I need to. 
Let's see, how can I spin God of War into into being a a big step forward for the LBG community? Now, I think it's great. Uh, it's it's the best God of War I've ever played. It is be- it has been getting the highest reviews of anything so far this year. Uh, yeah, it's going to get a lot of Game of the Year buzz, uh, rightly so. It's best game I played this year. Um, although I just I just know Red Dead Two is going to come along and just snatch away the trophy at the last second. People have very short term memories for these sorts of things. I don't know if that God of War will be forgotten by the end of the year, but people are like, oh yeah, it came out this year. I've always liked the God of War games. Um, I, I was always fascinated by the way they, uh, they, uh, you know, interpreted the Greek mythology, and um, you know, you, like they show, you know, like how all the different gods looked, or mythological creatures, or locations, or whatnot. How, how they're related, how they interact. Uh, yeah, and I, I, like, I'm a big history buff, and I. Do like I do really like mythology, especially Greek mythology. Um, probably the, one of the most more in depth of uh, all the all the mythologies. So that was always my favorite part of the game. Um, I was okay on the combat, although it it was very samey because you got the you had the same exact weapons for what was it six seven games I, I believe uh, uh, six. I think one, two, three, Ascension, two, PSP. That's six. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had the Blades of Chaos or Blades of Athena or Blades or whatever, and they were basically the same <laughs> weapon. And you got other weapons, but they were nowhere near as good uh, or developed as the default blades. So, uh, but the combat was also it was very floaty to me. It was a fixed camera, um, and you just kind of poke things until you see the circle above their head, and you finish them off. It's a brawler. It's a hack and slash. You know, you know exactly what you're getting. And somewhere along the way, they're like, let's make this real deep. This is the difference between HBO pre-Sopranos and HBO post-Sopranos, where now every show has to be deep and political and philosophical instead of just swearing and nudity, but also swearing and nudity. Um, well, I did like the games. I absolutely loathe the main character, Kratos, because <laughs> he was about as one-dimensional as a character can get. Um, he was just super pissed off all the time, and uh, sometimes you knew why, but most of the times you didn't. Like in the first game, his, you know, his, he gets tricked into killing his wife and child, so he kills the guy who tricked him. Okay, that's understandable. It's, re- it's reasonable to be pissed at that guy. But in the second and third game, it's a little, you know, it's a little grayer. It's like it's it snowballs. It's I've killed one god. I might as well just keep killing gods. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, it's like you know, he tell you can tell he hates himself, but not as much as he hates the other gods. So he's like, you know what? I already killed. Yeah, like I, said, I killed one, so let's just kill all the rest of them. Um, but this game, it like it, it tries to go a little deeper, and I know there's going to be a lot of comparisons to The Last of Us, and rightly so. Um, it's about a you play an older male mentor figure, and you have a uh, younger. Uh, less experienced companion traveling with you. Um, even though I'd say like Ellie of Last of Us and Atreus in this game are very different characters. Uh, yes, uh, obviously, if you go anywhere past the surface, yeah. And I do like I do like both characters, and I like Atreus. He's he can be a tad whiny, and there's a part of the game where he you know he 
spoilers, he learns he's a god and he becomes really, really arrogant, uh, kind of a shithead. Um, but he, you know, he, that, that, that's over pretty quickly. So for the, for the most part, I do like him, like this, you know, the growth that he goes through the game. And I like the growth that Kratos goes through because, um, you can tell he's a very bitter man. He's still filled with a ton of self-loathing of what he's done in the past. And, um, you know, he goes, comes to this new land. He's trying to start a new life, forget everything. Be a simple kind of man. Exactly. Leonard. <laughs> um, and he, you can tell he, you can tell he doesn't know how to talk to his son, and they don't, they don't have very much in common. They're like water and oil. It's just. How old is he? Because I get anywhere from like eight to twelve, just on looking. He's probably more around twelve or so, eleven or twelve, I'd say. Um, so preteen. He he's in. He's fascinated with the world around him, and he can read and write, which is you know really big back in the, you know, back in the day, you could, several languages, um, well, it was back then, um, uh, it's not a real era of mythology, so we can say, I suppose in the era that this is allegedly supposed to take place, right, you know, it's, when, you know, when people aren't driving around in cars, it was a big deal that they could read and write, <laughs> um, okay, okay, let's sure. put it that way. let's, let's just go, let's just go. Yeah, if you're still going, you're, if you're still going to locations in a rowboat, then the fact that you can, re, you know, read something—that's a big deal. Do they have indoor plumbing? This matters. <laughs> uh, no, no. There, well, okay, there you go. There, there, yeah, there wasn't too many examples of that, but um, so yeah, they're very different, and it's, it, you know, it's it's fascinating to watch Kratos try and deal with his son, and like, but also try and keep his past as a secret as much as possible from his son because, you know, he, he, he's done a lot. Kratos has done a lot of bad things. Um, I've killed a lot of dudes. I've died three times. Uh, you know? Yeah. And you know, he doesn't want that to affect his son. He doesn't want to, you know, his son to turn out that way. And when he does, I was real sad when my wife and kid died, but not sad enough to not screw like 15 women. (laughs) Yeah. He, Definitely drowned his sorrows and many vices, that's for sure. <laughs> but as as the game progresses, you know, he reveals it's he reveals a little bit more and it becomes inevitable. It's because he's really st- like he's really strong, like he's moving, you know, he's punching, you know, rocks and uh, beating the shit out of these huge monsters. And it's like, and his son's like, man, how can you do all this stuff? And blah blah blah. And uh, you know, eventually, you know, he learns his secret, and y- you see the two of them. Um, know we get to, get to know each other better and work together better, and uh, that's really, I think, that's pretty neat. It's is it fun to play? It's very fun to play. I I would say the combat is the best part of the game. While I was playing it, I was trying to think of another game to compare it to, but there really, there really isn't. I mean, I guess I could. I guess I could cop out and say it's a mix between God of the other God of Wars and Resident Evil Four, uh, because it's a third-person behind-the-shoulder viewpoint, and it's uh, but it's it's close combat. It's uh, you get an axe and you get another weapon later on in the game. I mean, it feels so. It feels really, really good, um, especially that axe. I mean, the physics involved with that axe probably it probably took that team about a year working on this one 
on the main weapon in the game because uh, um, it, 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 it acts like Thor's hammer in the Marvel movies where he throws it and it comes immediately back. And it's one of the most satisfying yeah. things I've ever done in a video game. And it doesn't get old <laughs> at all. It's awesome. Um, you get a... I mean, I mean, there's a ton of things you can do. You get a ton of special attacks and whatnot. And the combat is... It feels a lot more personal and brutal um, than even the previous games. Just just because it's so... the You know, your viewpoint is so much closer than it You're was. You're up close, yeah. Um, and it, it it's just it, and it's just a ton of fun um i i i and i really like the setting as well norse mythology i'm not an expert of it i you think you probably know it a little better than i do uh based on literally my name yeah i know a little more um but i would say it's not there's not as much to go on than other like the romans or the greek mythologies it's a little more open to interpretations, um, but I would say anybody who is fairly familiar with these uh, mythological figures and uh, events that they could k- kind of see where the story is going and who's who and what their relation is to each other and what's going to happen in, in the future game because there will be a sequel and it will still be spoilers. Yeah. I thought Kratos dies. <laughs> no, no spoilers. He, he frank, frankly, you know what? He should. They killed him at the end. Spoilers for a really old game. They killed him at the end of God of War three, and then post credits like, oh no, he didn't die. It's cool. Well, what the fuck then? Well, you see a post, you see a post credit scene of like, of uh, this blood trail, and Kratos' body is gone, and it's like, oh, yeah. maybe he survived, um, and apparently he did. And but um, I think in the I might begin to help myself, but I think in the next game, he will because spoilers again. Uh, the very last area of the game, you go to Jotunheim, which is the home of the giants, and you—that's where you find out. A... Okay, I'm, I, on all honesty, I'm going to cut that. I'm going to tell you right okay, now. Okay, that's fine. But anyway, you see this mural, and it basically shows the uh, bleeding, bleeding Kratos. So it's like uh, maybe he's not going to make it in the next game. So, um, but I just feel like Last of Us Two is going to be come out before that, and there's a lot of speculation yeah. that Joel's going to not—he's going to be be dead or die in the middle of that. I, I much I much prefer the theory that he is already dead and we're talking to a ghost. Imagine if they went, like, Supernatural. Because where the fuck else can you go with that game? I, of all the games that I'm not real excited to play, in all full honesty, God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2, Last of Us 2. I'm not terribly interested or excited about any of these games because the story was told. We wrapped this shit up. Red Dead probably will get away with it because it's a prequel. But these other games is like, no, we done, we finished. There's nothing more to tell, and especially Last of Us Two, we're trying to tack on something years later. Is like, how much more can you get out of this, really, truthfully? Because that game was 100% the narrative, and a very, frankly, irritating uh, stealth and combat system. You know, what more are you gonna give from us, Naughty Dog? That we, I really personally don't want. I mean, I think the, I think the point of last of us was just was the relationship between joel and ellie i mean that was mm-hmm. the whole game i mean the story behind it wasn't i mean it wasn't any great shakes one anything really hadn't heard any more any 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 less it's just you played with these characters and you watched them grow and develop you know and you grew with them and you started to like them uh you got attached to them so i mean i guess in naughty dog's eyes they see hey we'll you know as long as the characters are still the same, we can, you know, 
make a new story or whatever. Um, yeah. And there's, st- I think at the end there, I don't want to get too much on the last of us, but at the end there, it seemed like there was, you know, a little bit of doubt in Ellie's, Ellie's head, you know, whether she, you know, mm-hmm. really knew what Joel was capable of or who he really was or, you know, what, whatever. So there, you know, I don't know there could be, there could be a chance for some friction uh, in the future. Oh, there, so, so you're saying Ellie should kill Joel. Yes, I agree with you in two. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think she did. I don't think she would intentionally do that. It should do. It should do it like the end of Metal Gear Solid Three, where they have they make the player press the button to kill the boss. I had no problem pressing that button. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't a big such a boss hater. I mean, just the fact that there were like three games already, and we hadn't heard anything about her. <laughs> it's like, who the hell are you? Who cares? I was like, try to remember the basics of Metal Gear Solid. I already have. This is, but this is a prequel. I'm Solid Snake. I'm Solid Snake. Well, yeah, you think that's bad? Let's talk about Phantom Pain again. <laughs> God no, it's. I will press the square this time. <laughs> Start on that, but. Anywho. Wrap, wrap, wrap this up for Wrapping me. up the God of War. It, it it's a great game. Um, so far, best game of the year for me. Um, I don't know if I'd put it like one of the you know. Like, this is a generational game or whatnot. Uh, yeah, a lot of reviewers are giving perfect 10s. Like, oh, this is one of the best games in decades. Sort of bullshit. I don't I don't think I'd give it a 10. I would definitely give it a 9. Maybe 9.5. Um, if I'm generous. Because while the game is about Kratos and Atreus, they are by no means the best characters in the game, in my opinion. Um, ah. another, you know, there's there's another companion you get. Uh, that travels with you that I think is probably the best character in God of War. Uh, he's most interesting and he's actually, you know, he's, you know, is he that blue dwarf? No, no. Although I do like, oh. I do like the blue dwarf. He's him and his brother are awesome. They're basically the blacksmiths. There's not a lot of people in this game. There's, I think there's <laughs> one woman in the entire game. Oh, so you're saying God of War is sexist. Uh, yes. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Now we're writing that IGN article. Yes, Here we go. I can already see the viewers and subscriber numbers going up. <laughs> um, Game theory: God of War sexist? <laughs> question mark. But there's also there's also like four men, so it's not you know. <laughs> I mean, it's like, and one of them dies, so it's, I guess it's not a big deal. Um, but I just yeah, I kind of, I kind of wish there was a, 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 a well the. The side characters were really good. I wish there were a few more, um, especially some of the more uh, the other gods. Because Norse mythology is just—it's really fascinating, and um, it, and they, it's got some really interesting figures in it. So, um, plus, there's not—I don't know if you knew this—but uh, the one of the like features that they're touting in this game is that it's got a seamless camera. Uh, throughout the game, and what that means is, no cutaway cutscenes. There's yeah. absolutely no cutaways. There's no. There's virtually no loading screens unless you die. Um, and there's some very clever designer tricks that they use to disguise uh, loading. You know, the game loading. Like it's like, oh, you go through a mythic doorway to fast travel, and then you travel on the you know this other dimension or whatever to get to this other location. And you don't actually have to look at a loading screen, so. Oh, so it's Metroid Prime from 2002. Good. Um, sure, yeah, whatever you say. Um, 
Look, I just want to be as negative as possible as I can because you're being overly possible. We need a balance, Dizzy. I just said it's not a 10. I mean, what more do you want from me? <laughs> okay, I'm not saying it's the worst game ever. There. Well, that's That, that would be weird <laughs> if you did because you haven't even played it. I may, I'm not, I never say never to any video games anymore um, because I've broken too many promises. Oh, I'm never going to play that and I end up doing it. Uh, I will say tentatively, maybe. Uh, that's That's my promise to you. And then I'll give you a full review next year. Okay, so and that that'll be the next episode, right? Possibly. So, I don't know. Is this episode ever going to end? <laughs> it's hey, this is short by our standards. Okay, we've been out of practice. <laughs> our standards. So in summary, God of War, good. Go play it. You know, I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, let's move on to part two or part seven, depending on how I cut this. Um, a lot of people are giving very high marks to God of War. You know, it's a it's a huge. Epic game, blah, blah, blah. But did it really change the way you play games? Did it really change the way you think about things? Did it really change your life, Stizzy? Oh, I thought you were asking the audience for for a second there. How are they going to respond to me in real time? I'm asking you. Hmm. Well, I guess... The answer is, of course it didn't. (laughs) So instead, we're going to talk about games that did actually have a real... Yeah, I know, it's a joke. that was easy. Run was it. You fucking run with the joke. I didn't have to think at all. (laughs) (laughs) Real, profound impact on your life. I can name about four. A little bit of a background. Uh, Last week on Twitter, because I'm on there all the time, just sticking around on the internet, uh, some movie thing that I've already forgotten... (laughs) It was like Film Stuck or something. It was like, what are the four films that define you as a whatever? And Film Stuck 4 was trending for a while. And then the next day, they, somebody, I don't even know who, did the same thing with video games. It was like, what video games define you? A game Stuck 4. And it's like, I don't really would define myself by any video game. You know, I play a lot of them, and I have over the last 25 years, but I don't, you know, I, I, w- I wouldn't say even something like Danganronpa helps define who I am as a person. Because that has really nothing to do with anything. I just really enjoy the media, the content, right? Right. But then I started thinking heavily about it. It's like, well, what games did, what video games did have a huge, profound impact on my life? And I managed to come up with four. Uh, and then I gave this to you uh, earlier. And you managed to come up with how many? Two, for sure. Uh, I probably could okay. come up with more, but you said we had to keep this short. So. Well, uh, I'll give you two more. If you can think of two more in the time that it takes me to tell my four, there you go. Okay. Uh, just to give you an idea of what I talk about when I say change your life. The first one is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. I don't know if I've told this story on air before, but you and certainly Rob and everyone else in my family knows it really well. I spent a semester and a half in college, and Star Wars KOTOR was the reason it, my college career, as it were, was so short. That and Halo... Yeah, Halo 2 was the final straw, really. But I spent a lot of hours in my dorm room playing Knights of the Little Republic instead of going to class because I realized something when I was 18. I fucking hated school. I hated having to walk half a mile to my class on Saturday at noon. I hated to walk half a mile at 7 p.m. at night to go to a thing I didn't give one shit about. College was awful. It remains awful. Uh, fuck the education system. So let's just go out of there. So instead, I play Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, it's the reason I got kicked out or thrown out or quit, whatever you want to call it. 
of uh, the university that I went to. I had a full scholarship too, so I, I'm not in any debt. I, don't, I never owed any money to them. It was just basically I got, I went there for a semester and a half to not go to class. And uh, I had a great time playing video games instead. School was awful. Uh, I mean, as long as you enjoyed your time there and you learned something, I, I guess it's not a total failure. I learned, I learned a lot about myself in that it's not that I hate learning. I hate school. I hate the, the concept of going to a place and having a lecturer tell you everything you learned and up to this point is wrong. Let me tell you how the real shit works, fucker. And it's like, you can go fuck yourself, guy. Uh, which which continues my rebellious streak to this day. So Star Wars, Knights of the Republic in its own way, had a very profound impact on my life. Okay, all right. Yeah, that that's definitely, that's definitely an impact. Uh, the next game is kind of a weird one in, tech, in that I never actually played the first three myself. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater series. Uh, we never ever talk about sword games on this podcast, and I, I keep bringing up that we should. I wish we would. We should talk more about sports games because we do play them. Yeah, and I like sports. Uh, when the Tony Hawk series first came out, way back on the N64 and then to the GameCube, my brother was the big. My brother Nick was the big proponent of those. He loved the heck out of those, and I wasn't any good at them, so I just liked watching him play. I also especially really liked the music that they implemented into it. It opened my ears up to a whole lot more style of bands, not just you know punk and uh, but rock and stuff like that, but. Uh, certain types of hip hop and things, hip hip hop. Most hip hop nowadays is pop music, basically. Anyway, so hip hop pop. Um, but Tony Hawk games had a profound impact in my life. That I heard a certain song. Most people find this story embarrassing. There's a song on, I believe, it's Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, called "My Adidas" by Run DMC, and I've since liked a lot of Run DMC songs. But this song was about a shoe company. It was about Run DMC saying how much they enjoy this one brand of shoe so much so that it is all that they wear. And I think I was like 14 or 15 when I first heard that song. And from that day until this day, I have almost exclusively only ever bought Adidas shoes because I like that song so much. And uh, I've had, you know, Nikes and some other damn fill thing since then, but they haven't had the staying power. I'm wearing Adidas right now. Over there, I have two other pair. We'll be cutting that because I don't have a good response. <laughs> oh, what? If I had a good response, I would leave it. Of course, yeah. Um, Censorship at its finest, folks. Get it right here. I'm cutting that. I'm going to cut everything you say, so shut the fuck up. Uh, and in addition to changing my shoe style, I also changed my shirt style. Uh, There's a company, clothing company. It's kind of like Walmart called Kohl's. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Mm-hmm. K-O-H-L. Yeah. Well, they make they have the the rights to making all of the Tony Hawk style of clothing. I don't think he, Hawk designed any shirts himself, but the style of skater shirts, uh, it's exclusive to them. And I don't know how I discovered it, but when I saw it, I really liked the design so much so that to this day, however many years it's been, I still own a lot of Tony Hawk style shirts with that branding. I'm wearing one right now. It's gray and it's got a thing on the chest there. I have a ton of them, and I have for many years. I just like the style, and uh, it fits. The last uh, Kotor and this fit in that my general antagonism, my punkishness, my you know anti-established, anti-authority feeling, even if I don't act it out all the time, 
wearing a shirt can make you feel like you're kind of a, a punk, you know? It can make you feel like you're against the system. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's, it's like sending thoughts and prayers on social media. You know, you don't actually... Exactly. You don't, exactly. You don't have to do anything, but you feel like you did. I have been on a skateboard four times in my entire life, and uh, one time I fell down and hurt myself so bad, I said, I'm never getting on this skateboard again. I think I had a similar experience, because I also like the Tony Hawk games as well. And I do, I think I went through a stretch where I kind of bought some skaters clo- clothes and uh, I had it, got it into my head that I would be a skater as well, but um, <laughs> I learned very quickly I did not have a talent at that whatsoever. You're too tall. There are no tall, real tall skateboards. I, honestly, it's that's always. probably it, yeah. Low to the ground. Low to the ground. Uh, the third game that had a profound impact on my life is The Elder Scrolls Three: Moral Wind. It's from way back on the Xbox the original one when I play, I didn't play on the PC until many years later. Um, in terms of showing me what a game could be, this is the first open world game I've played. It was gigantic. It was, it was far too huge. And even Oblivion and Skyrim have kind of filled out their worlds. So while they're technically larger, they feel smaller because there's more stuff in them. Morrowind was just so gigantic. It was hard for me to wrap my head around of, you know, so many video games, even today. I said, okay, here's your objective. Go there. Here's the path. We're going to point you on it. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Linearity is fine in video games. God of War is very linear. But when I first played Morrowind, that idea of total freedom of Bethesda said, here's the game we made. You can make your character however you want. You can make them look whatever. You can use whatever weapons you want. You can use whatever magic you want. You can go wherever you want. You don't have to do the main quest. You don't have to do any side quests. You can just dick around for hundreds of hours. And it was my first taste of real total freedom in a video game. And I've loved everything they've done since. That's led to Fallout 3 and 4 and, of course, Oblivion and Skyrim. Um, and this whole other idea of mass open world games that, you know, just give you freedom. I, I really love that. That may be my favorite thing in video games, the freedom to do whatever. And genuinely not whatever. Not just what video games say, oh, it's a massive open world, but it's not really an open world. You still have a linear storyline. So more more ruined was a huge game game changer for me. Yeah, I was gonna say I know open world has become kind of a buzz phrase at this point, uh, attached to a lot of games. Uh, but yeah, Morrowind, like you said, it truly, it truly felt like it was an open world. It just shoved you out there and said, "Here, here's the world. Do whatever." And you really could. You could be a good guy. You could be a bad guy. Uh, you could. Uh, hunt monsters or beasts or you could steal shit just you could do whatever you want and yeah it's a true one of the truest first open world games plus in Morrowind there yeah there were no objective markers and if you wanted to do a quest you just you gotta you had to like read a novel to know where to go (laughs) basically and you had to actually go out in the world and find landmarks and locations to actually know where to go and what to do and who to talk to. Whereas now it's just like you select the quest and it just points a giant arrow to your location. Again, again, that's not a bad thing. It's not, but I've, but I do think it, um, I mean, I think it can be detrimental to a, developer because they want people to experience their game as much as possible I would think Mm -hmm. Um, and I think if you're just putting in you know putting waypoints everywhere then 
And a lot of people are missing that world. Uh, I think it's a big reason why Far Cry 5, they took out the mini-map and the objective markers and because they, you know, they wanted you to actually go out there and experience the world yourself and find things. And I think that, I think that can enhance a game, um, a little bit, you know, it doesn't make a game inherently better than one that does have objective markers or anything, but I do like going out and exploring and finding things on my own. And I think that spirit was kind of born from games like Morrowind. Uh, the last game that really had a profound impact on my life is, in fact, my favorite game ever of all time. Little Big Adventure 2 Twinson's Odyssey. This is a PC-only game from so long ago, I can't even remember the context of how I got a hold of it. But it's also one of my uh, my brother Nick's, one of his favorites ever, too. It's an adventure game, again, that gives you absolute total freedom to the point of telling you almost nothing. Um in that your very first objective is to get like, I, I can't remember, it's been many years, to get something for your pregnant wife by like going down to the shop or something, something as simplistic as that. And instead you can spend a hundred hours doing something else entirely. There were different walk modes in terms of like, you can just walk everywhere or you can run everywhere or you could jog everywhere, or you can adopt this fighting stance where you just punch everything in your way and the game would let you. There was no consequence for just, if you want to go up to that rat kid and punch him, Go for it. No one gives a fuck. Do whatever you want. And then it expanded in scope and had alien invasions and you got to go into space and you fought dudes with swords and you jumped over lava pits and you threw a magic bouncing ball and you shot lasers from your robot suit and they looked like the lasers were coming out of your nipples. And, and there's a blowgun and, and giant and fucking dragons and invisible mazes. How have I never heard of this game? <laughs> it is so old and it, I haven't played it in many years. What was the name of the game again? Little Big Adventure 2 Twinson's Odyssey. I never played Little Big Adventure 1. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I've ever heard that game before, to be honest. It's actually it's actually on GOG, Good Old Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to take a look at it. I don't know if you... if you I don't know that it's playable now, honestly. Don't, they, but, don't know if it holds up. But at the time... Everything is context, right? At the time I played it, however old I was when I first played it, uh, the person I was when I played it, it all worked so well together to be the best experience in any video game I've ever had, even to this day. Stuff like Dark Souls or, you know, Personas and Danganronpas, they, they've had impacts, and I love them all in varying ways, but I, I can definitively say Twins' Odyssey is the best game I've ever played. Yeah, no, I, yeah, context is everything, uh, especially when you're, you know, going through a topic like this. And, um, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely for a game to impact you as you get older, because we're a little older than, um, well, I, I don't know what, I haven't seen the latest studies, I don't know what the average gamer age is now, but, you know, we're late 20s, early 30s guys, and, uh, we've played hundreds of games, literally, and not all of them can change the way you see things or how you live your life or what whatever because it's you know it's much easier for you know when you're younger to have, for a game to have that impact not not saying it can't happen um <laughs> but it's definitely when you're younger and you're more impressionable and you know you're just getting into video games for the first time and some of the the ones that really you you really really loved and enjoyed stick in your mind 
even to this day. I'd say the most recent game that impacted me was definitely Danganronpa V3. Regardless of whatever you think about the ending. It's great. I know it's I I mean I, I know you you're adamant on making <laughs> me out to be the bad guy. Uh, <laughs> I really am. You're wrong about that. You're wrong about Dragon Age 2. You're wrong about The Witcher. You're just the wrongest person. Okay, what the people at home what you're not seeing are the are is me extending olive branches, many olive branches throughout the years on these various topics just just so I don't have to hear about them any longer. I st- trust me, I still hate Mass Effect 3's ending, but I have to Well, you're still wrong. <laughs> but I still have to pretend around these guys that it was great and it was next level thinking and if you don't like it then you're an idiot and you probably wouldn't like well, Rick or you Morty are either. An idiot. All right, listen here, idiot. It's time for your list. Okay, let's do this. Of games that changed your life, impacted your life. This is your life, Joe Stizzy. Okay. Here's your teacher from third grade you had a crush on. Uh, how do you remember that? <laughs> I told you that probably <laughs> once. I have an excellent memory for conversations, friend. Oh, man. That was Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Karen, Kieran, something like Corin, something like that. Oh, man, she was, God, she was great. Um... Alright, yeah, so some of your games I really enjoyed too and had impacts on me, but separately, um the first game that comes to mind definitely is uh, Metal Gear Solid. And that was um On the on the just real quick, on the original PlayStation, not Twin Snakes? Yes, the original PlayStation uh version, although the Twin Snakes is very good as well. Um It was the it was the first game I ever played that showed me that what video games could be and what the future for video games could, you know, you know what the future held in store for video games. Um, you know, with the, with the right creative minds behind them. And because it, even though it's, again, it was PlayStation graphics. So, Everybody's face looked like it was melting at the time, um, but like like I said earlier, context is important, and that was the, some of the best we had it back then. And um, but just from a cinematic and voice acting standpoint, and the writing and the story in that game, it was just it's it's one of the best pieces of media I've ever experienced, even to this day, and. Uh, that's why the whole Metal Gear Solid series is one of my favorites of all time, um, to this day. I, but but the first one really, you really truly you know stuck out at me at the time, and um, yeah, it was just it was it was like playing a movie. It was great. Uh, the next game was one of the first games I ever played, and. Uh, it was, uh, I got introduced to it by my brother because it was his favorite game and it probably is still his favorite game of all time. It's one of my favorites, uh, Final Fantasy VI. Um, I'm astonished. I'm astonished that that was one of the first you've ever played. Um, well, it was one of the first RPGs I ever played and yeah. I was very, I was probably like six or seven when I first played it. Like I played other, I played Mario, um, and a few other ga- you know, games like that. Uh, probably Donkey Kong. You know, Nintendo stuff. And those are great games too. And they're classics. Um, 
but especially like Final Fantasy VI, it it was one of those that it had a great fantasy world. It had excellent characters. Like to this day, I don't think you could get away with the number of party members that Final Fantasy VI had because it just had an absurd amount. It had something <laughs> like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, something like that. I can't think of the exact number at the top of my head. Um. But they were all great characters. Now, they weren't all equally developed, because that'd be impossible, um, or near impossible, but it was great getting to that, you know, know, just immersing myself into that world, getting to know these characters and their stories, and, you know, seeing how they grow with each other throughout the game, and, uh, you know, watching them fight the villain, Kefka, who to this day is... Regard as one of the better villains. I don't know if it's so much for his uh, philosophies or his demeanor or physique or he's whatever. A big dumb, he's a big dumb clown, and people love hating big dumb clowns. Yeah, he's he's very Joker esque, but I think a lot of people uh, put him in high regard as a villain because he's one of the few villains that actually his plan actually succeeds uh, in, during the course of the game. Uh, he kills all the people that he's you know are in his way. Uh, he he achieves godlike power. He reshapes the world, and he defeats the heroes. Now, granted, the heroes all live. He doesn't kill any of them, so they all manage to get back together in a post-apocalyptic world and save you know beat him you know go and save the day and beat him. But uh, I think a lot of that that really. That really shook a lot of people, including me, because you never saw it. It was always the hero and the villain. The villain had this plan, and and he was like the whole game throughout the game. He was trying to achieve his plan, but he never does, and he gets foiled by the hero, and that's that's the end of the story. You know, Link 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 saves Link saves Zelda. Soup uh, Mario saves Peach. That's it. Bad guys lose. Even to this day, com- uh, movies and games are very reticent to let the bad guy win anything. Yeah, and it, it and it wasn't, and it wasn't like like even to this day, even if a, a developer or movie director you know is ballsy enough to do something like that, they always have to make the villain sympathetic, because uh, it's always we always you know we always want to look at the villain in a different light and see okay he's doing the wrong thing but he's doing it with the right intentions. Kafka was none of those things. He was not sympathetic. He was. Uh, they did not humanize him. He he was an evil dude, and he just he wanted to rule the world and destroy everybody who got in his way, and he did that. You know, that's which makes him a good villain. Um, but anyway, that that game had a you know big impact on me, and I still one of my favorites to this day. Um, plus the soundtrack was awesome. I have been, I don't know actually I haven't mentioned on here. I'm very very slowly over years playing through every single Final Fantasy game. I do promise that someday I will get to 6. Okay. I've yeah. already played 7. I've played 7 and 9 and 1 and most of 2 and 10 and 10 twos. I'm making very slow headway. I'll get to 6 one day and then I'll let you know. Full review here on Internet's Worst. Well, I, hmm. Put me in a bind. I guess if I wanted you to like it, I shouldn't have said I liked it. <laughs> it it's, it's very likely that I will have played and finish God of War before even getting to FF6. <laughs> well, let me know when you finally get around to it. Sure. Um, What's the next? The next one 
is uh, probably the most recent uh, game on this list, and it came this game it came out in two thousand nine, um, Dragon Age Origins, and mm. it's I don't know if I'm quite cheating on this because I'm kind of mixing it together with Kotor, like but you already had Kotor, so and that game also had a big impact on me, yeah. but Dragon Age also had the impact on me that it was it's one of the few games besides that Knights of the Republic and Mass Effect you know correlation but you know a lot of Bioware games uh they really their Bioware games are really character focused and especially in Knights of and especially in KOTOR and Dragon Age Origins is one of the few games where I actually got attached to fictional characters like more than, almost more than real people. I do it all the time. It's okay. And uh no, that didn't scare me at all. I was just I, it, <laughs> it, it it was it was just it was awesome because it just showed how far game writers had come that they uh make these interesting characters ones that I I loved you know, I, I love my main character talking to, I like them being in my party, learning more about them, doing things for them, all that. And, uh, it was also one of the best, uh, it's also one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of in the middle of some Final Fantasies. That's how in high regard I put it in. And that's... Uh, this sounds weird to say, but it's much more RPG than... Kotor or Mass Effect in terms of just the pure mechanics because I think that was uh, going a little nerdy here. I think that was Advanced Dungeon Dragon Second Edition that they ran the engine off of in terms of like dice rolling D20s and all that kind of stuff. Even the other Dragon Age games don't work on the same way that one did. Yeah, and I think uh, I do think Kotor ran on the same uh, in, engine as that. It just it didn't have as much customization as far as your equipment or weapons or whatever, uh, and in the ta- in the tactics menu as well, you, you could do a, you could, you could assign a lot more actions to your characters in your party in Origins than you could in Kotor, or Dragon Age Two, or Inquisition, or whatever. Um, so yeah, it, I I do love how it feels almost like a purely RPG, but also a Bioware game with the great characters and personalities and all that, uh, and and a good story. I I in a great world. I just I loved immersing myself in learning about the world of Thetis and the lore behind it and all that. And it's an awesome game. Uh, the last game on my list, you probably have guessed it. Um, it's game. It's one of the the probably longest running <laughs> MMO of all time. <laughs> it is the longest running MMO is World of Warcraft and. I got into World of Warcraft in about early 2007, I think, uh, through my brother, because he started playing it with some of his friends uh, shortly before that, and he said, hey, this World of Warcraft game is really, it's really good, it's really fun, especially when you're playing with, you know, some friends, and we got some buddies, and we're in a guild and all that, and at the time, I had heard of World of Warcraft, but... uh, I'll be honest. I'm going to sound like a hypocrite here, but I thought that I thought the game was for nerds, and I know I know full well dorks. I was a nerd. I was a dork. Sizzy, you watch anime and have read manga, and you're going to piss on a video game. 
I know it's it's like I said it's hypocritical, but I just thought oh my yeah it's like oh World of Warcraft that's just it's it, it it was it was like I was taking the next step into nerdum you know it's just I it's like I don't know do I want to get into that but my brother he was very persuasive and he and he said he bought he even bought me the game paid for my first month and so I said okay why not and I just got this new computer for college and um. This is, this is my your Kotor, because this <laughs> game almost when Kotor got you, Halo got you out of you know pretty much got you kicked out of college. This game almost got me kicked out. Um, <laughs> it was very close because there were times where I'd be like, why should I go to geology class when I have quest to when I have things to do in Azeroth? Okay, I don't have time. To be learning about, I have to be. I have to mine minerals there. I can't learn about real minerals. <laughs> yes, I. Yeah, I. I need to. I need to up my mining skill and my blacksmithing. I, I can't learn about real life things that I'm not never going to use. Um, so I got so sucked into that game. Just like no, I, like almost no other game I've ever played before. It, it's just. It's. It's going to sound really, really, you know, really stupid, but it's just, it's indescribable feeling uh, first getting into that game, just getting sucked into it. There's nothing else like it in the world. And it was one of the first multiplayer games I ever played, too. Um, I had played some games on the Xbox, and maybe way before, like, maybe some on the Dreamcast, like way back, like Fantasy Star Online, but nothing really... I never, I never played those games too much, so I wouldn't say I was an experienced multiplayer game, but WoW was something entirely different, entirely new. Getting thrown into this world where you had to rely on other people, you could not... You, only you could quest alone for the most part, but you would, you would... There were some quests that you had to get other people... If you wanted to do dungeons to and raids to do gear, you had to find groups or a guild or friends or whatever. And some of my, some of the best moments and my not just my gaming life, but just my life in general, were playing with friends I had met through the game, uh, questing with them, uh, raiding with them. All this just some of the funniest, most interesting people I've ever ever met but not met in real life I met through WoW and it had some it just it 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 really it was it showed me if done right how a game can how how socialization can really in, enhance a game and what it can do to a game because that's the biggest I think that's the biggest draw to WoW the game the the game is well it's well done it's a huge world there are a ton of stuff to do in it you're constantly there's you're, you're never running out of things to do in wow it's a great game in and of its own right but you throw in questioning with your friends and your guildmates and just having a ball doing you know trying to beat these boss the elation and joy you felt from finally beating a boss after weeks or months of trying and just just the sheer joy you got out of it it's just it's not like nothing else i've ever experienced in a game and it's it's just it's one of those when i look back on it it 
makes me feel like an old person, just really just looking out on the better <laughs> days, and makes me really wistful too. It's just like, like like how I felt with uh, with Twins and Odyssey. Yeah, it's it it it's it, it is one of those. You, you know, other games are there. Are, I don't know if you ever experienced like think about this like I do, but there are certain games where if I had the power. I wish I could erase my memory of said game. Oh yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, and experience it for the first time. Uh, I think Danganronpa is probably up there too. Like I wish <laughs> I I would love. To, I mean, it's great playing it again, but I would just love to re relive it again. Um, and WoW is the same way. But the thing is, with WoW, I would also need a time machine because I'd have to go back in time to yeah. all the the same point of all these other people that I played with their lives and have the almost exact same experience. Um, I, I can say wholeheartedly it changed, changed the way I not only view video games, but my life interacting with other people, uh, both online and offline. Um, it was, it was amazing. I could, how close I could, how close I could grow to some of these people. And I never even met them in real life. I mean, some of them lived in Canada, for God's sakes. Uh, <laughs> it was just, it was amazing. And there were some in California or up northeast or whatever. And it was just, they were my friends that I never had laid, never even laid eyes on. And it was, I, before I played WoW, I couldn't have thought something like that would be possible. Games, the outside, people who are not, who don't play video games think it's a very insular thing. A very isolating thing, and it can be, but there's enough variety out there. There's enough options where it doesn't have to be. It doesn't need to be. You know, multiplayer doesn't always have to be you one versus ninety nine. You can actually cooperate with other people and form bonds with them. That that that's why I'm glad you said I hadn't met in real life. I was like, I'm not being included in any of this conversation. I noticed curiosity, but no cuz i mean well i became friends with you before i met you in real real life and yeah 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 and i mean the only way we could met cuz we live fairly close we were in the same in the same state which is good enough yeah yeah um and i would have liked to have met some of these people but i just couldn't afford a plane ride to california or canada or whatever um and, and that's why i when i said way back earlier that i enjoyed fortnite with other people because that's just how I, that's how I view multiplayer. That's, I think that's the way it should be experienced is with other people that, that just, it makes it more enjoyable, at least for me. Um, and I think for a lot of people too, that's why I never, I've tried the solo, uh, one versus the, you know, battle Royale one versus 99. And I just, I don't like it that much. I know the po most popular streamers play solo, but that's just, I think that's just based purely on skill. Like, it's it's like watching a professional athlete play a sport. You know, I can go out and I can find a pickup baseball or softball game or football game or whatever and play that myself. But I'd rather watch someone immensely more skilled than I am play it as well because there is something there is some enjoyment to that. You know, watching a master of the craft. But as far as my own personal experience goes, yeah, I I would rather play with Rob or Nick or whoever than uh, by myself. I think it's just it's just more enjoyable for me. Thank you uh, for that, Steve. That's very good. It's good insight. Thank you. Okay. Uh, again, our other co-host Rob is not here, so I'll just name games for him. And if he wants to disagree, it's too fucking bad. 
I'm going to say Last of Us probably for him. R Red Dead, Uncharted 3, maybe Uncharted 4. He still hasn't played Lost Legacy. Um, oh, I need to think of a fourth shit. Give me a fourth one, quick. Call of Duty. Well, yeah, Call of Duty 4. Yeah, I'd say Call of Duty. <laughs> Call, of Duty, Call of Duty 4 changed all of our lives because that is how we all met. It really did. Yeah, yeah, I think it's... And that, I kind of view that the same way as I did. Wow, I made a I made a lot of online friends. A giant game. mistake. Oh, yes, yes. Made a lot of friends. Well, if you met some of the IPC gang, <laughs> you, you, would, you might say it. We mistake. said we would never talk about them again. <laughs> we made a blood vow. I don't remember a blood vow. Oh, wait. Oh, it was just me then? Oh, wait. There's, oh, oh there's a scar. I forgot. All right. Well... I think that about wraps it up for today. Uh, thank you for listening. It's how's it feel to be back after a year and like four months? It's it's good to be back. Uh, still got some. Let's let's continue to roll on this train. Let's do more of this. Let's do it. Yeah. Now we can't guarantee every episode will be as insightful. Yeah. As this one. Hopefully not as long uh, as this one either. But... I will cut like twenty minutes. It's cool. I have to cut all of your God of War spoilers. And all the time you were going on and on about Morgan and Dragon Age, like, oh my god, dude, wrap it up. You can't fall in love with a voice, all right, you weirdo? Yes, I... I didn't even <laughs> say her name, okay? Damn it. <laughs> I kept waiting for you to, honestly. I thought, like, oh my god, is he just going to talk about Morgan for five minutes? Really? <laughs> I should have just said Alistair. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh god, Alistair, he's just the greatest. I really love Zev and how he tries to kill you, but then he wants to fuck you. Yeah. Oh, that's a good character. That's a That's a real companion for life there. This is a lot of Dragon Age Origins in jokes. Uh, that's it for me. Say goodnight, Sizzy. Goodnight, Sizzy. <laughs>